0: The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned.
1: I'm Peter Dancy. I'm
2: Ben Pollard.
0: And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to The Movie Gang Podcast. This week... We're diving into Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins, 1917. Are you gentlemen ready to have a continuous take? No editing this episode. Nothing. I mean, <laughs> no there is editing, editing. but anywhere
1: it's like, to be found. No, I'm right. just if going
2: to We do this time, Sam Mendes. It's not if, if, hard. <laughs> 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 if we do it, if there's some like like something that we YouTube have to edit out. Right yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. all the time. Yeah. What, what is, this, this is not new. Huh. Have you seen PewDiePie? He's out in the world. I don't know. I don't know YouTube streams. I'm so old. (laughs) I was was watching. So I was watching uh, videos for folding ideas today. And like his Fortnite video came up and I was like, I'm so old. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be talking about 1917. Again, this is kind of this is the interesting the I guess the core idea of this movie is that it's a one continuous take movie. Obviously, there's some digital editing in there, but the idea is to. Have there be no cuts in this movie uh, as as it goes There's through one
2: visible cut, but yes, otherwise, uh, well, yeah, like Close, one, like yeah, obvious, he gets cut. knocked out, yes, but right, otherwise, right, right. Yes, all, invisible but cuts.
0: And, and the cut is supposed to be with his POV, is the idea, right. like it's it takes right. it it jumps onto these two individuals and follows them all the way through, trying to give their perspective and kind of a and like what World War One was kind of like, which I I have to admit, every time I love. I don't know what it is about World War I. I just, I always f- find it to be a refreshing war when I see it on the screen. That sounds so wrong, and I don't know why. Crisp war. It's crisp. crisp. It's dandelion fresh. Like, just look the violence this, and look carnage. This, yeah. Look at all this I, dirt
2: oh yeah, and these it's,
1: trenches.
2: It's, um, it's definitely a war that, uh, I think, for the fact that it just had its 100-year, not just, but, like, a couple of years ago, it had its 100-year anniversary, and it was like, you know, it's a tough war to put on film because it's a war without movement, you know. Right, it's right. The whole point mm. of the war um and it's kind of smart to have just one character go from trench to trench instead of like just focusing on the trench warfare. That's why often the best World War 1 movies are like Path of Glory where it's like you right. send all those men to die for no reason because it's such a and like same right. thing as all Quiet in the Western Front. Like those those are your peak World War 1 yeah. movies because they're that, peakly that, depressing. <laughs> they're just like is, this was meaningless. Hmm
0: and it's also I think the cool thing I think the reason I call it Crisp and is a weird thing is like whenever we step back into World War One, I, I always find especially like reading books about World War One, that it's always startling because like it was it was like the thing is like technology was catching up to warfare and caught up to warfare first like if you went home it was like fucking Downton Abbey it was like a different age and time period and then sure. but like and the warfare had modernized to the point that it was just like so it's just such a it's just a, a distinction something that I hope the new Kingsman might capture is i feel like that's the show that might actually or the the new kingsman movie might actually capture that like sense of it oh, a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. but the, you know not not a sense of it but a, at least a sense of like i don't know distortion
1: that is there there, but- there is a difference between 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 where you're living and where and where you're going to fight
0: right right i don't know anyways but let me go <laughs> and get back to this highly re- this i guess not highly but highly realistic war movie uh 1917s uh, synopsis. During World War I, two British soldiers, Lance Corporal Schofield and Lance Corporal Blake, ahaha, <laughs> Schofield, uh, receive seemingly impossible orders in a race against time. They must cross over into enemy ter- ter- territory to deliver a message that could potentially save 1600 of their fellow comrades, including Blake's own brother. Yeah. Right. This was. Uh, This was, oh my God, I lost the thing. This was directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, The script was written by Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Cairns. Uh, Cinematographer, I think, is important to note here because it's the ever ineffable Roger Deakins. Uh, Yeah, and... yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's edited by Lee Smith, and I do think that's still important. Uh, uh, Production companies Dreamwork Pictures, Reliance Entertainment, Neuron, blah, 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 no one cares about that. Released. December fourth, two thousand nineteen. So we're a little bit late to this party. Um, it's running one hundred nineteen uh, minutes, and it was budget was effectively ninety to one hundred million dollars. Currently at one hundred forty three point five million box office. Uh, it is in English. I don't know why I just to make sure <laughs> wait, people wait, 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 knew that English. I was reading off a list.
1: <laughs> you know? Just in case anyone was wondering.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very yeah. It's it, it's 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 the same sort of thing. I mean, it's ca- it's taking into the you, it's definitely taking the element of like this thing. And the reason to do a one continuous camera shot. I actually think in some ways the th- the two movies that we're going to be referencing a lot today are Children of Men, which is uh oh my god, who directed Children of Men? Help me, help me. Ben. Alfonso oh, Cuarón. Alfonso Cuarón, who's also shot did by Birdman. Right.
2: Emmanuel Lubezki who also shot Birdman. So right. Sort of the-
0: and and they kind of have par- like kind of especially children of men in my in my mind kind of uh, pioneered long take techniques and other things and kind of the elements that, you know, as modern cinema has moved on, it's kind of shocking to see long takes and. Children of Men and more by extension, Birdman uh, kind of pioneered these heroic long takes as which makes, you know, it, to do a long take, it, it takes more time and effort and planning to do a long take. Like, it's actually harder to do a single take than to using cutting. Cutting is an easy, cheap way to move filming forward. uh, But as times move by because of like the way that action cinema and things have gone in the United States, like things are becoming more kinetic with cutting. There's more cuts and there's kind of been this desire. And I think that's the thing is like, we tend to pay attention to these filmmakers to some extent, especially, uh, especially like the children of men's director because of his style of cutting and the fact that he isn't afraid of long takes. And I think that's the thing too. I think that Birdman is a POV movie about, and I I think, I don't think, I always felt like this is a much better reason to have a POV set of characters. And I think that the Herculean effort of having a continuous POV shot is, is kind of well inclined here towards the notion, which is that you have these guys perspective and it only ever breaks that perspective and directly cuts when one of them gets knocked out. And because of that, you kind of it has this breath like without the cut the cut actually kind of releases tension in sort of a way and i think that this movie does an excellent job because we're always in kind of a realistic time frame with you i was like exhausted by the end of this movie and i think that like when the when the character sits down by the tree and reveals his backstory or not his backstory but that he's going to go home to his family and stuff like that i was just fucking exhausted and i wanted to actually ask you guys did the lack of cuts exhaust you guys as you were watching this movie
1: I I guess I guess I guess how I would interpret it, how it exhausted me is that is that there were, for me having these long cuts definitely helped build tension for me and I, I I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing that that's that's what you're getting at because because with because with these long cuts it's like I was honestly. Watching this film and how I felt about it, I was okay as lo- as as long as they were moving. It was when they were like standing still that I was like, "Please, for the love of God, let something happen, or I will, or I will fucking explode because I'm scared for what I'm scared for what could happen with you standing in one place." Like um, like the the, the, the scene the scene the scene when when the scene when he when he finally gets to um to like like the small French town and he and he and he finds that woman in hiding with with the infant and it's like just dead silence, just him. And and just the two of them, I was honestly scared because I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to bust up in here on, on y'all. I I, I realized that I realized that in part this is supposed to be a moment of peace, but I'm freaked out for you. And so and so and so yeah, like when I when I when I got to, when we got to the in the film, or at least when I got to the end of the film, I was like, okay, now I can breathe.
2: Uh, I think for me it wasn't super exhausted, but partly that I was just sitting there thinking about women cutting yes, secretly. Yes. <laughs> I was yeah. doing that too, I was, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was- uh, certainly there's probably invisible cuts throughout, but uh, there's a oh, very yeah. clear... And I think they do it well. I think it is invisible in a lot of ways, and I think there aren't that many super obvious cuts that they do a good job of using movement or characters or things that can be easily replicated to kind of bridge set pieces, and that was the thing I was always watching. I thought it was very interesting to watch the, the movie and go like, okay, here's the trench set. Obviously that's not where Are they repurpose pinewood or wherever for the, the, the no man set now. And mm-hmm. they're not actually physically going from the trench set to the no man set and that they're cut there because you're focusing on two backs, a blank background. But the only time it's really obvious is two times the character was falling. And it was clear he was a digital CGI backdrop.
1: That that fall was and, rough. Yeah, was I did not like that. there times that it happened. And it wait, 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 which, a little, wait, wait which, part, which part was that?
2: Uh, first time was when he was escaping the Nazi shooting enemy or jumped to the river. That was one
0: part. Not Nazi. Not Nazi.
2: Sorry, I not know. I one-war-one. Sorry,
0: I don't know why I corrected good, you. I feel fair. bad. <laughs> uh,
2: don't mention oh, your okay. on me. I'm so used to saying Nazis. You're right. Uh, but they was, <laughs> he was escaping the Germans. And, um, right, okay. And he, he jumps to the river. And the second time was, uh, I think, when he jumped over a wall in the No Man's Land or something like that. Um, oh, okay. No, yeah. okay, And I there's just there. like a very clear, like, blank gray sky so he can, you know, be easily moved. Um, those are the only two times I really noticed it. But any time they go from one set to another, I think it's most clearly the cuts for me. I, I do think there's probably still invisible ones. But it's very clear, like, for example, they go into a dark room that's one set with Colin Firth. And I know mm-hmm. how production mm-hmm. works. And I know that all these big actors. The reason they got them is they got them for a day, you know. So they're like Colin Firth. We'll put a mustache on you, and you'll be a little gravelly in the in the bunker, and then that's it. You're done for the whole movie, and we can put your name on it, and help sell it, and everything, which is fine. That's good. They, they, they do a good use of the, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch showing up right at the end, or the Andrew Scott, or whatever, and then having um. Um, newer names for the the, the
1: rest. Yeah, of
0: the like, God, seas. ninety million. They must have had them. Like, it must have been like show up, put whatever the hell was on Benedict Cumberbatch's oh, eye, sure. and get it going. You know, yeah, exactly.
2: And it's like World War One, so I'm sure they're more willing to like you know put aside that stuff because it's a war that you know isn't shown enough on screen and things like that. So, um, so in that sense, it didn't bother me. And The other thing that my boyfriend pointed out to me, which is very true, and why I think it helped at least for me and him is it, it actually does take a lot from video game mm. film in a sense in that Oof. you are right behind a character you're in like a third person perspective particularly with the gunplay sequences um and it's not just that which is, i think is the big key difference between this and birdman to me Birdman was way too much just over the shoulders very few variation of shooting I, and what impressed yeah. me about this movie is they very clearly mapped out like this is going to be a long shot. This is going to be close up. This is going to be a medium shot. This is going to go into a, a pan. Like it, it wasn't just following him the entire time. Revenant did that a little bit too much too for me. Where like Revenant this has like terrible really, combat. Clearly, we are going to have individual shots. We just want to have cuts in between the wide and the in and the close up. You know, usually we're yeah. just going to have the camera move into that. Which I I appreciated that the film had more variance. So that's why I also don't feel like it got exhausting. So those three things.
0: And, and I think one of the rough things here is to look at it's like watching Roger Deacons come in and do Luz Becky's thing, like, better than Luz Becky. <laughs> It's a little bit, it's a little bit rough uh, i mean not that i think i think there is this tendency to do perspective i think that there were perspective moments i think one of the things too is i think that they he played he is aware of the perspective shift a little bit and i think this is one of those things where it, like you see a master at work is like and he plays upon the effect perspective that he's done at the end of the movie when he's running t- when the guy is continuously running towards the camera and i think it's one of those shifts where it's like i think that they they p- use the The thing, because it's one of those things too, where it's like you're talking about clarity in filmmaking. And one of the things is that I think that, I think that like using a perspective behind a person or like a third person perspective, a lot of the times from that perspective doesn't have like a a lot of, it, it doesn't, it doesn't fear clear as filmmaking, right? Like it feels off, right? Or like looking at somebody's back or something along those lines. It just doesn't – it's just kind of you go, ooh. And I think it's fine in the context of how they set it up as a film, but I feel like he plays upon the notion to always – he's trying to – he uses the perspective to establish – the positives of it. And then he immediately tries to fix it up so that we flip around on the other guy from the same perspective. And I think that it's one of those two things. I agree with you entirely. I think I like, it's like always like the bear, everyone always holds up the bear and Revenant. And I'm always confused by that sequence because like, it is a long take, but it's just, it's so rough. The bear CG is not fantastic. And also like we're shaking the camera around, which I guess it's like, like it's putting the person in the perspective of that attack. It's just like, not like, Like, I I always think the bear sequence, I'm like, man, if we would just throw some cuts into that sequence, like, and add some, like, I mean, that's, if there was ever a sequence that would be really, really good to, like, throw a Michael Bay at, damn, that's, Uh that's like, I don't, and that's always the thing, too, is, like, I was, like, why do we not, like, it's one of those things, too, I really like Children of Men and its use of long cuts, but at some point, some of this seems kind of silly to me because the point of filmmaking is clarity for the people. And I think there's a thing is like stuff like the Kuleshov effect and like other things like where filmmaking and clarity and editing is done in such a way to make it easier for the people to view the film. And I agree that like cuts are out of control, but, but, but it seems to me that we've gone some other ways in that, like in the elements of like where we want to do long, we're now looking at things, calling them long take films where perspective is not broken. And I think it's an interesting thing to look at and Birdman and Revenant are both interesting films and we're rewarded for it. But I think at some point, I think my kind of, and I think this is the thing is I like think this is probably like one of the best versions of it. So I'm not crapping on it in any extent. I'm just, I think, and I think that it also has a tied in notion in this particular film But I think the thing is, I always find myself, like, visually more confused than just standard editing. And so I'm always kind of like, there needs to be a point to use this perspective. And this movie has a point as to why it chose to do this. And it's one of those things, too, where I'm now looking at Birdman. And I'm kind of, like, less into the movie because this movie exists. Does that make sense?
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I think so, and I think that's part of the one take thing that could be a, a a brag element to it, you know, where it's like you have to convince me, like, okay, why is this this right. way? And, and and I think it makes sense as movie that it's like a limited time. Though it also is a case of like, okay, was this really anybody's World War One experience where it was just like this much happened in one day. Like, <laughs> you basically had like three tours of duty in a single day of like a plane fell and a guy stabbed me and I put my hand in a corpse and it you felt know, like that's a lot, lot happened. Um, and I don't really blame it because it is trying to do more of a like action Shock and which, awe, uh, uh, almost kind of version of World War I um, and trying to show it in a way that's different um but I, I don't think that this had to be one take i guess is my thing versus like russian arc is you know, russian arc i should mention it's like one of the few movies that actually is a one take it actually is a 90 minute long film it was the first ever done feature like long take something that um uh we should talk about just the history of long take films for a second uh, something that uh, uh, uh alfred hitchcock lost his name for a second there uh, wanted to do originally with the film rope um right but, uh the cameras only could hold 10 minutes of film so uh, he just shot as long as he could and then would like kind of zoom in on a code or something and cut now there are actual visible cuts in the movie too but uh, a lot of the movie is done with the cuts but it's more obvious um uh but the first film to actually do it was the 2003 film russian Ark, because you need digital cameras you need to have the ability to record something there's just no physical space to make a, a reel that big so um it's this very elaborate film, too. It's not just some kind of you know, Mandarin. It's like this big, epic story going through Russian history and this museum and all these characters and actors and set changes The a big affair. Um, and that one works because it's a, a little more dreamlike. It's more about the the kind of passage of time and the, the march of history and the way history affects a building and, and all this stuff you can read into it. Um, and this one is more of a visceral thrill ride, essentially. And I don't think that's necessarily bad. I guess it's just maybe the intentions. You know, I could see why some people don't like this movie. Because I've seen the visceral negative opinions of this movie. And I can right. kind of understand where they're coming from. I'm not on that camp. I do think it is an overall very successful film. But I am in the camp of like, I want to give it a higher technical grade than an overall grade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're like 10 out of 10 for technical achievement uh, yeah, all it, around. It doesn't.
0: Know. It does, I guess, like, sorry, I I think that's my, I think you are, and way to call on me, Ben, because, like, I think to some extent I am overly interested in the technical aspects of this film. But at the same time, it's kind of, it's a very interesting war movie. It's by no means representative. It's kind of hyped up. And I guess, I guess that's something, I don't know that I, (sighs) I have a hard time criticizing a more movie for being too hyped up. Yeah. I think, I think when he's jumping off of cliffs and fine and that happens twice, I think it's, it's very much like it takes you out of it a little bit. It, it effectively takes you out just a little bit, I think. And and they did it to achieve, like they sacrificed realism to some extent to achieve the effect of the one take. And I guess it, it, while it is tied in, I feel like if you're going to just cut and add more events, you could probably have a more effective world war one movie. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, and I, and I guess, yeah, the thing, the other thing that drove that I thought was crazy too, is just looking at like, this is an entirely outdoor movie planning for weather must've been insane. And I, they mentioned
2: that in the, the pre like they literally had to wait because they basically, it's the same thing. Revenant had to do, which is like, they had to pick a look and they were just like cloudy skies Overcast is the easiest, you know. Like, it's the easiest. You're not gonna have clouds not matching stuff. And so they said that like they would just would just wait for hours and hours and hours until the world change because of that reason. Like, it was a huge pain in the ass because like you do have to match that as best you can, and the lighting has to be similar and all these different things. So it, it was a huge undertaking in that sense for sure.
0: Yeah, and 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 I'm just a shitty person that's like. I mean, what I guess, like, and while you gained a technical mastery, and I agree with that, and an effect was given, I'm not sure that the purpose or thrust of the film is so overwhelmingly good to warrant the level of work that it went into it. And I think that's a crappy way to look at it. And I think the thing that I think is always going to be the case here is looking at something like Children of Men. Why does Children of Men have long takes? it uses it as an effect with the scenes. Like for for instance, like the long take at the end where he's coming out of the building with the baby and the baby's crying. And it's like the world stops and it's not till the pop of the gun that everything fires back up. And it's just, it's such a powerful effect and it's, it's timed with how the long take, does on purpose of him going into and out of the building same too with all the action sequences and also like in the car where it has like you know they had to build an entire rig to do that sequence in the car where she gets shot and they're moving away and it gives immediacy and power to the rest of the film and it's and it also breaks with the cinematography of the rest of the film and and keys in the audience that this is about to be an action-packed sequences and lets you hold your breath and then move on with the film and i think that's the thing i think that's the thing i think I, I think that is such a more effective way of using long takes because of just adding them into your arsenal with all the rest of your, of what cinematography and everything else can do for you and or not cinematography editing can do for you. Not, I, I think the thing that's here is the difference is that these all long take digital long take movies is, I think the element here is that we are removing skill sets from people and just kind of saying like, that's cool that you could do that. And I agree. I think it's technically interesting. I just, I can't see to myself that this movie needed to be done in this particular way. And I think that's, I think that's always the issue here for me too, is that like, I think that I think half, I think it's like shitty to say, it, but like, I think half measures like, yeah, editing is too quick and crappy in modern cinema. Um, but maybe we should just reel it back like half steps and maybe use a couple more like five minute long takes and maybe not just have to have the whole movie be a long take. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think the thing about this film that that is effective again is, and why I think I prefer it to to the Revenant and Burn Man is that there did just seem to be a better sense of, and maybe it's just a case of other films have to walk so or crawl so they can walk, you kind of thing, of like right. Other films have to kind of test out the the, the benefits and limitations of these things. And yeah, I think part of the benefit is that. You know, it did feel like a a thematic kind of resonance. A thing I point out to my boyfriend is that I'd like that it had a very elemental feel to the movie. That we started dirt and mud, we move on to like fire, we have a sequence of water, you know, sequences involving air. Like, there's there's just a kind of sense of like each scene having its own tone. It doesn't kind of become like Birdman, where I'm like, okay, I've seen Michael Keaton walk through this hallway nine times. (laughs) Can we do anything different, you know? um whereas uh this film i do think kind of more has a sense of making set pieces which is again also why it maybe doesn't have to technically be one take but you know maybe that's the, the, the unique con part of it uh, or maybe it doesn't need that you know i'm not sure but uh, i at least more appreciate that it had more conventional filmmaking elements into it and that it was so planned out and storyboarded and clearly like of instead of just kind of chaotically
1: following
0: Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, and yeah, and and I want to and I want to say here too. I'm probably I guess I got negative about it. I apologize. I don't I don't I think this is actually a very good movie, and you should go to check it out. Like I'm, I am positive about it. I think I think one of the things too is I just I'm a little bit confused by the need for an entire long take, and by extension, it's just like uh, I think that this is probably though the best version of it, the most tied in version, but the biggest you know script motivation as to why to do something like this so i think that this may be the best version of that thing and i think it's the same thing that you know birdman is experimental and interesting and earns its place um but again it's one of those things too where i look at these three films or i look at let's say i look at uh what let's look at revenant birdman 1917 and children of men and ben what's the best movie in that lineup
2: uh, which one? Birdman,
0: Birdman, Birdman nineteen seventy, Revenant, and Children of Men.
2: I mean it'd be, my list would be Children of Men, nineteen seventeen. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Revenant, <laughs> Birdman, that'd be my rank.
0: Oof! I didn't know you liked Revenant over Birdman. That's crazy. Not crazy. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, t- total, totally legit Birdman. perspective. Yeah, no, same same reasons. I think I think I think when I saw Birdman, I was like, "This is so cool," and now over time, I've cooled on it quite a bit. And, and I think that's the thing too. I was like, I was all for it winning an award at the time, and also tying it into using Michael Keaton as Batman. I think that movie's interesting on its own, but I definitely think I, I was less positive about Revenant because I was in theaters, like, "What the fuck am I watching during Revenant?" <laughs> like, I understand. And that's
2: Revenant and Birdman. I'm not huge fans
0: no it's, it's fair it's fair and i think i think i think that popular culture not popular culture but uh critical culture is probably on your side over time and like a cooling off effect of that especially with like his some of his newer stuff with like roma and stuff yeah
2: yeah uh, well i mean it's a different
0: character that's uh, wait that too... oh yeah. yeah sorry 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 that's yeah. right Director group wrong person he's now
2: making like fucking vr movies and shit <laughs>
0: wait of course he
2: wait, is wait, 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 wait. <laughs> vr movies yeah Alejandro and our two some kind of crazy vr movie he's like all my movies will be in vr now because it is the it's the future of the visual so ba- so basically he- okay. see you in two years when you're done with that like everyone was with
1: so basically movies. he watched hardcore, hardcore henry he was like i can do that
2: I can do this. I can do Hardcore Henry too. I'm sorry that was very really
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's another Hardcore Henry. Still the most the worst reviewed movie we've ever had on MGP. Did You guys Is know it, that. You know what? I'm
1: actually, thinking thinking about th- Bobby, Bobby thinking really back back that, that movie, movie. I can understand <laughs> it, that movie was all kinds of crazy and weird and abysmal. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and look, you know what? Sometimes you got to remember. <laughs> when you're watching 1917 you're being all snarky mm-hmm. like, hardcore Henry <laughs> it's
1: yeah. like at least it's not that I, I,
0: I still I still think that's like I don't want to like, even compare the difference but like it's kind of a, it kind of has a similar effect to watching hardcore Henry to me wait, I mean it's wait, obviously wait, 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 good 1917? Mm. yeah because we're hardcore heavy in 1917 they have i had like this i i guess i guess i got tired after a while in this movie this the biggest the biggest thing that i thought a problem was i just it's one of those things too i've never been tired in a roger deakins movie and i was just like sitting here like oh i'm i'm kind of tired like <laughs> like i just i wanted to slow down and i feel like you know i i feel like the i feel like that's the thing is like you know i i think that this movie's supposed to exa- or hopefully it's supposed to exhaust you to some extent and it's one of those things where i feel like you know in terms of filmmaking like you know filmmaking if you go up and down with a lot of experiences or films and stuff like that it's easier to like kind of get me to have an emotional reaction to cinema or better understand it. And I think one of the things is I just, I'm kind of against this kind of like exhausting take. Does that make sense? Like this is like a thing they're doing and I'm kind of like, woof. <laughs> yeah, it's just not my, not my thing. Really gorgeous shots. But at the same time, I'm also like, I'm also think that they probably for consistency of shots Probably sacrificed some of Deacon's cinematography or capability, don't you think, Ben? Sorry, say that one again. Well, it, because they shot for grayscale on the overcast days, like it feels sometimes like they may have had to sacrifice, like not using a sunset or something or golden hour or something. Oh, for sure, and
2: that's why I think he gets his little, you know, show off, which I think is great. To be clear, I think it's an incredible scene, but the the flare sequence in the burning village is like. Pure Deacon's golden hues, kind of stuff. That was, a, of
1: yeah. that was a.
0: Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing. There's not enough golden hues in a Deacon's movie, and it kind of freaks me out. There's not big blues or hues. It's it's very, It's very. also graded much more uniformly, and I think that bothers me just a touch. Do you know what I mean? Like
2: Right, and I think it's. A, you know what it honestly isn't reminded me of? And it's interesting because I think it's also shot for clarity reasons, is Marvel movies. Oh. Marvel movies are uh, notoriously. Yeah gray color graded, and my example now is, I was on a plane recently, and someone uh, who was a cinema terrorist oh, was what? watching um, <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home what? with his phone in fucking portrait mode. So, he was holding his phone in portrait mode, so therefore the you know movie was one quarter what? of the screen. Okay. And he was just watching it. Oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> and here's that's the thing horrifying. I'll say. I could tell what was happening. And that is a yeah. huge thing about Marvel movies. That it's like, people are like, why are they so great? Why are they so uniform? Because Kevin Feige has figured out, I want this movie to look exactly the same in the cinema as it does on your laptop. You know, this has to work in, in like a brightly lit like, dorm room. <laughs> you know what I mean? This has right, to work across right, everything. Right.
0: Which is and, a problem that Game of Thrones discovered.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Game yeah. of Thrones is a very simple example. You know, Game of Thrones shot this whole thing at night. And some people's TVs are just mine included, we're just no, not no, up to true. it. Well, mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I the one thing is I will slam game of I still think it's their fuck up because like ninety percent of TVs could not handle it. But like let's please no, I, continue I, Peter. I, I was,
2: <laughs> so if you take out all the crushed blacks and the, the heavy, you know, contrast and you, you gray it up, you could probably it's probably a lot easier to stitch two shots together from two different days. Yeah. You know, like even if the sun is similar ish, there might just be enough of the Distance and a change in time that you probably do have to grade, which is why I think the nighttime sequences are so much
1: more. Yeah, I, 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 I was, was just, I was definitely. over here. Like after you made that comment about Marvel films, I was trying to think. No, I was trying to think. It's, it's, like, it's like, it's like what? Which of those movies don't have as much of a, gray, of, a, of, a of a gray scaling to it? And I can. I mean, I I mean, I can personally think of a few or 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 at, or at least sequences like several sequences of those films where where everything's not grayscale. I think you could say like Black Panther, you could say Ant Man, um, Guardians of, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians the Movie, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, so obviously, um, but. but yeah, but yeah, I, I I think I think I'd actually have to give that to you. And
2: it's it's particularly a Russo. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, it especially. In because, the be, yeah, because because
1: it, that 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 kind of thing, especially picked up when um, when when they when they came on board with Winter Soldier, and then from that to Civil War, and then to, and then to their <laughs> two Avengers terrorist. films. For sure, and 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 the, and, the, and, then, and
0: just, I'm i having a hard time. And, and with the terrace. Yeah, I, I, I heard I heard that, and I'm just personally
1: <laughs> moving off of it, or else my brain will snap because I, because I'm just like what? Um, but the, but the, but yeah, like, <laughs> but yeah. But and then and then but yeah, the Iron Ironman films were were, def, were definitely grayscale, except for like certain sequences that that, that they, they wanted those that they wanted in those films. But yeah, no, Rooster Reuss, Brothers for them for sure. I would say like like more grayscale like. Mute, mute mute the color a bit and it's
2: something i noticed in it's it's not just marvel movies i mean to be clear i think they're the most popular DC fi- it, but i ev- a lot of netflix every movies, single dc film hard. except for
1: except for aquaman
2: yeah it's a good example yeah. you know and 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 lots of netflix originals are very cut crush like but actually cuz you know they want to have good streaming mm-hmm. and stuff and like um uh, yeah, so like I, I think it is a case of yeah, you could probably do a lot more easy digital manipulation if you kind of shrink that color palette down,
0: which I guess is like where I say it's like it's a waste of deacons for like a very specific style, which I'm not sure is better than than. Just general cinematography so I guess I mean uh, general editing and I keep saying cinematography I'm sorry I mean I like cinematography
2: too because I think there's there's sometimes a the limit it's why I got tired of found footage movies because I think found footage movies limited visuals and I think also they limited story because like every fucking scene for a found footage movie they have to be like why are you filming you have to justify every single scene why you're filming and it got old fast, so yeah. fast
0: yeah though I have to admit the last the last gasp of that genre uh, what was it uh, not origin or something it was
1: the one where they had
0: superpowers
1: oh, Um, I'm on, fuck, 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 what was that movie
0: it was the one where the guy who's eventually the green goblin in the terrible spider-man series yeah,
1: God, mm, mm, I forget I completely forget um,
0: I, I forget too it was aliens they got mind powers they floated cameras it was it was really. I mean, conceptually, it was really, really dumb. It was actually a well put together movie. I, 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 forget. <laughs> I forget.
1: I I never saw it, but I, but I, I I feel like I know what you're talking about. I just forget what it's what it's called. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, let's go. I guess I, guess I kind of want to – I don't want to – I guess uh, – this is depressing me, guys, a little bit. I do want to go ahead and talk about scores before we move on with a little bit more information. If you guys have more stuff to say about it, feel free to. But I do want to talk about where you guys kind of rate this thing because I think it's like a little bit – I think it's important for me because I, I agree with Ben. Technical score versus regular score versus whatever, and it's like averaged out and stuff. But I, I, I don't know mm. – what I think about this, I think the movie as a whole depresses me about stuff, and I think that it's, I think that it's scary to me that you know it, it's, it definitely is shot by Roger Deakins, but doesn't have the mastery of him, and I guess it's one of those things where it's like technology and stuff and uniformity and screens and everything else. It's like it, it's definitely different when you see somebody shoot for a different screen product, and it's one of those things too. It's like it's kind of scary when somebody shoots for stuff. You know, it's one of those things too. Also, did you guys notice that The Witcher has an incredibly dark screen scene with like hit with the Striga and the crypt, and no one's complained about that on Twitter? It's one. It's
1: interesting. I haven't seen that episode uh, yet. You the I've seen I've seen episode one and then episode seven and eight. I'm amazed this show is popular.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's super popular. It's crazy to me.
0: Yeah, I, thought I it was
2: gonna be a huge bomb. I was, you know, don't count out fantasy, man. Yeah, really, I really want to scratch that
0: fantasy itch it's very quick me and katie have watched the series twice wow
2: Wow.
0: i don't know why i don't know why i have i have huge problems with it i have huge problems with it but it's just fucking henry cavill's butt you know man. What? <laughs> just like funny. also also there's a really funny back to story too where it's like he had to dehydrate and he's like yeah when you're that dehydrated you can smell water and they put him in so many scenes there's so many scenes in there where they like i feel like the cast put like oh like a thing down you can see him like try to take a drink out of something push it back and i feel like that's not that's like not henry cavill acting that's henry cavill going like i just want water <laughs> Just somebody oh, spit on me. <laughs> Give <laughs> <Please>. me something. <laughs> There's like a great meme of him like in the bath, and he's just like <clears throat> his <bath> water <laughs> Oh my god! Because <laughs> he had to get super dehydrated for that scene, so like he literally didn't drink. For, he like he would have like a hundred milliliters or something a day for two days, and then he wasn't allowed to drink for a whole day any water or liquids whatsoever and then they would shoot the yeah, scene that's what you have to do. Wow. yeah and he was like completely dehydrated And he's just like so like it's one of those things too it's like how can he act that well when he's he must be delirious
1: like... oh, absolutely
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it's very crazy but like, yeah the, 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 any shots you've seen of like you know chris pratt and being crazy oh, yeah. right? and, uh, guardians like he had yeah. not drank for like a yeah. half. <laughs> like, it's, it's...
0: It's, it's one of those things too, It's like, where are we coming to when we're like, it's also too, if you actually go watch like Arnold, Arnold didn't dehydrate for Conan. And so Arnold, Wall is like, Arnold is like in way buffer than any of those guys in the scenes. Like he is buffer, but like, he kind of has this chunky buff vibe as Conan <laughs> that you don't really yeah, recognize. That's the y- thing.
2: It's yeah, like, that's what healthy muscle looks pushed like. Marvel has this health of like, no body fat. <laughs> Which is before. weird. <laughs>
1: where it was like. Like, it looks good, but it's weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah like, like like, um, I mean, also Arnold is probably an unhealthy, and Conan is an unhealthy level of muscle. But he kind of comes off as, like, chunky muscle by comparison to day-to-day standard.
1: Like, it beef, looks, right. it, it's, beef, it's beef interesting, muscle, it's funny. Like yeah,
0: no, he's That's like, but he's, like,
2: legit yeah. strong. Nagiani thing, when camille Nagiani just recently posted, like, look how Wait, I am for Oh, this. yeah, yeah. There was, like, an interesting backlash I, for the first time I ever saw where people were like, can we just have like some Marvel characters do just, normal. just like a little junkie? like just even just a, an ounce <laughs> <laughs> of body fat?
0: Yeah, it's like why did he have to get shredded for
2: that yeah, role? Can, yeah, like he was, because, he was in good yeah, shape he was already and, like fit. attractive. Yeah. yeah but he got nothing like a crazy him. fit. Like yeah. it's interesting.
0: Oh yeah, that 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 image that image of him too. Like he looks fucking fantastic.
2: And to go back to something we told about like, 10 hours ago before huh. <laughs> off the rails conversation. Sorry. Um, was uh, in terms of the Witcher thing. I do think Netflix is starting to experiment with like how far we can push it. Like with the blacks and the and, and what kind of things they can do. I don't know if you know this, but they actually, there is a, a short film you can look up. Um, it's just a test of concept short film. It has a narrative kind of, but the whole point is just to test random shit. Hmm. Oh shit, really? Streaming That's thing. awesome. It's called Meridian. You can check it out. M e r i d i a n on Netflix, and they released it for free. So they put you put on YouTube. You can you It's like oh, I've seen. It's like
0: it's like the thing with like the guy who's like a detective, right?
2: Yeah, it's like a film noir and it's shot in in, in sixty FPS high frame rate. There's like all kinds of stuff in it that's like just (laughs) shit the fuck with the codec that doesn't work. Like lighting strobe effects, like uh, uh, uh. movement like darks like blacks hmm. like all kinds oh, of like interesting had, shit that will yeah usually fuck uh-huh. up that kind of stuff
0: they have that shot with him and the dude in the car that's like it's like uh it's like what is it it's like high uh it's like what you do with uh i've done shots like that with like uh landscapes what is it where you where you kind of you take three shots and stitch them together to try to get blacks at a certain level and do that sort of thing Right. Uh, it's, so high it's, shit. Like,
2: it's just its just ways to fuck with the codec and, and try to see if it can really break apart and so I do think with Witcher being one of their big series I can definitely see them being like play around with this try to get, try to get it as dark as you can get it you know kind of thing of like
0: it's funny to me. I didn't notice the Striga fight was so dark until like I actually like was rewatching it. I was like, "This is really dark. I don't know what's happening." And I actually pulled up Game of Thrones and, shot, and watched them side by side. Because Game of Thrones is still darker, and I think that the the nice thing about the Striga is like. I I think the nice thing is just, like, they have, like, the background grayscale better, and also Geralt's hair is white, white, so it's, like, really easy to pick him out and stuff, so I think it's just a, I think, I think it's just a slightly better designed, but it is, like, and it's also, like, also the scene is, like, two and a half minutes, and the rest of the show is, like, in total sunlight, so it's not like a, it's not like a fucking, it's like, it's like a two minute fight Hmm. scene, so it's not, like. It's not like a fucking whole episode of Game of Thrones just being too dark scaled. So yeah, sure. sure. Where it's like after like five, after like ten minutes into the episode, you're like the whole episode's going to be like, this. like oh, what the fuck. So, and yeah. then you then I you mean, really start playing with the gamma on your TV. <laughs> yes,
2: and I think there's a lot of uh, people trying to push that in different ways, and yeah, it's interesting. I think we're at an interesting point now with to tie it back in the 1917, where we're we're getting to this the. Just because you could, should, should you. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I think I think 1917 is one of the more interesting ones, but I think there could be a lot of... The, the problem with anything that's done well is it could be done very, very poorly. <laughs> like, right, right. To do this is, takes a lot of work, and, and you could see hackier, lazier directors trying it and making it much worse
0: yeah i guess. I mean there are ones
2: i mean there there's like a jennifer lawrence movie that's done this way and it is just so crazy where like what? literally every time they have to cut it's like a crazy whip pan and just like awful what
0: jennifer lawrence movie is done this way
2: uh what's it called it's some terrible movie that like she shot and then she got famous and then they released it and we like jennifer lawrence it's just She's like don't movie.
1: associate that with me like, how dare you? <in humanused> oh. I needed
2: a paycheck. This was before the fucking... This game. was before
1: so... I knew I was hot shit? Is uh, it the
2: devil? <laughs>
0: I yeah, I... I no, let's not, let's not... House ever. at the...
2: It's got a great title. Very memorable. Everyone remembers it. House at the End of the Street.
1: Um. Yeah. Nope. Remember?
2: House at the End of the Block on the neighborhood in the In the cul-de-sac.
0: Oh, <laughs> is that well i think i know about that i don't know i'm not going here let's get back on rails or un unshit the train my point is
2: watch like <laughs> 10 minutes of that and you'll see the worst version of this you'll right. see the lazy version of this right
0: and that's the thing too it's like it's one of those things where it's like editors are your friends editors make everything better <laughs> or everything worse in the case of something like suicide yeah. squad but still you know it's it's, it's it's not their fault i don't know actually suicide squad is their fault because it was cut by a trailer company so what the fuck did you expect okay. but anyways uh, Didn't help. Didn't
2: help.
0: but i think i think this point is, is like, it's like it's like politics now right like we either have 1917 or we have suicide squad and there's like two it, the this it's like it's like let's 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 i don't know what to like get i don't want Know why the fuck I made this political? I have no aspirations to be a centrist, is. <laughs> but I don't. I just like let's go in the middle. <laughs> like maybe we have like longer cuts yeah. and less cuts, and like maybe we have a long take here and it breaks up, and we use that as a really cool you know, legitimate like, m- tool. Mix it up. And maybe you don't like have a.
2: And I do think yeah, there is a yeah. long take, dick measuring conflict <laughs> a bit. Do so think can get old? And the other thing, and the other thing is like I recently just rewatched Signs of the Lambs*. And *Silence of the Lambs* is a great example of cinematography. I wish we touched on more, which is it's like, it is peak of the most basic kind of filmmaking. I don't mean that poorly. I mean just like in like the, the shot reverse shot. It is like your classic, most old school that thing fundamental you fundamentals. One, yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and it is flawless in the way it is chooses when to edit, chooses when to move in, chooses when to close up and, and push out, and, and like it is perfectly time like you can watch that movie on mute and you're gonna have a great time and you're gonna know exactly what's going on based on the power structure of how the thing is shot and I, I i recently and you could do this yourself to prove what i'm saying i think i googled the phrase best cinematography or best cinematography shots and like 10 out of the 10 first shots were guy in silhouette looking at thing that is lighting him but he's in silhouette like that is like and there's one in this shot and it'll be on that list soon enough yeah oh yeah Um, yeah Silhouettes galore, and it's like that is a great wallpaper (laughs) i don't disagree with you there but is that all cinematography is and so that's the only thing i would say with 1917 it's like i think for what this film is trying to do and what it is intending i think it is very good i think just the difference is let's not turn this into this is what it all and that's what I worry about. Yeah. like the the cult of Roger Deakins is a good cult to be in. It's a good cult. Yeah. But let's not make it. You know, it's it's it, like it does feel know, like a betrayal of he's doing this. Sure, sure.
0: Not a betrayal. That's that makes it way sound super negative. Please continue.
2: But <laughs> I, no, and I think he kind of revolutionized cinema for the last ten years when he shot uh, uh, assassinated Jesse James the train sequence. Like that is what I'm talking about. Where it's like a guy lit entirely by light. It can only have been achieved with digital cameras. It is like this gorgeous shot of darkness with just the hint of light that is unbelievable. And everyone's been ripping them off since, <laughs> like that and John Wick, are like the two that like everyone rips off now. Um, so I think it's good to remember that there's there's variance and that cinema is about variance and remembering what is important for the sequences.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's that's all. So. Yeah. What do you, what do you give it then? <laughs> Sorry. Oh gotcha. yeah. I did
2: do was kind of scoring it, I guess. Overall, I give it an eight. I mean, again, 10 out of 10 for technical mastery, like in terms of doing this kind of project, this is good. But again, it's one of those things of like, I do wish there was more variance. Uh, another thing I would just say is that I, I personally just felt that they didn't do a very good job with the German soldiers. It felt like all of them were more like Nazis, which is why I call them Nazis. It's like it is that more classic World War Two ish movie portrayal where they're like always like he saves one and then he stabs him. <laughs> you know, and it's like maybe somewhere like that. I'm fair. It's fine. Like, this is I it, mean, it this is World War like, Yeah, they just kept constantly being like, "Oh, they put trip mines, they blow up other shit, they shoot cows," and I'm like, "All right, but they're trying to fight a war I, too, uh, guys."
0: Yeah, but, it was like it was because like there was like a system of like the concert of Europe. This is not this is not because they're Nazis.
2: You everybody was in this horrible stew together. Right, right. It's no specifically,
0: good... poor people were just thrown at each other. Yeah. Like let's let's yeah. like, exactly
2: yeah, that's part like, of it too. Where it's, it's like let's not forget it was like. Poor people. being mean, it's it's like World War One is the classic example of like the rich old generals who are out of touch, sending these poor men to go die because they think it's still like the cavalry days, you know? Like right, um, right. The, the, the movie War Horse is bad, but there is one good scene in War Horse where they uh, do this cavalry charge, and everybody's and like one of the soldiers is like, "You're a fucking idiot." They're you have these things called machine guns now and they're like mm, this is still the Boer wars and we're gonna fight with honor and then they all get fucking murdered and you're like yep <laughs> there's some there's some, yep. Uh, there's, there's some fun things
0: too but I, I i do think it's one of those things where the cavalry charge as it as we imagine it may never have existed to some extent <laughs> because oh, really? like well there was this interesting thing where they were looking at like casualties during the napoleonic wars and they're like no it's you know that's it, comparatively bad just you know you didn't win that's the other thing too sure. is like yeah you, you, you threw a cavalry charge at something you probably won and they well, murdered a whole well, bunch well, of simply, people uh, but yeah
2: world war Two narratives are something you know, The all quite Worcester western front kind of set that template of like you know the, the old men tell you you have to go fight in this heroic war and then you go and the war is garbage and no one wins, and everyone comes home miserable. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah that yeah. that is something very much a World War One kind
0: of. It's, it's really the only way to portray it. Actually, now is the thing too, because like, right, which is why, yeah. I, frankly, hate make
2: more World War Two movies. You have a victory at the end, you know, it's right, a little right. More like it's, and, and, and it's dry. why it's
0: more popular, and and also like, it's just more exciting to shoot a Blitzkrieg than it. Well, not specifically the Blitzkrieg, but yeah, Blitzkrieg style warfare. You know what I mean? Like,
2: sure, and the paratrooping and the Normandy invasion is very cinematic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. Overall, you know that 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 element of uh, the kind of like trying to do the World War Two thing in World War One doesn't quite fit sometimes. Um, and again, the the, the the level of stuff he goes through is just a little unbelievable. But overall, I thought it was very good. And definitely of like the the faked one take sense. I would say it's probably the best. One, I guess, I guess. Um, at least on the scale. Um, I still think stuff like Russian and Victoria that is one take has that little more of an edge that, like, it does make it a little more interesting because it isn't faked and it is. it doesn't have that cleanness these movies have. There's a little bit of this weird clean sheen to it that's odd where those films feel a little dirtier and have mistakes and you can see them. Yeah. It's I, a personal taste, I think. I,
0: I think. I think that maybe... I'm just going to steal over to do a score here. I think one of the things, too, is that, like... I feel like if you want a thrust to movies and the real thrust to this movie is that I feel like it needs to be shot even grimier than it is. That seems, that seems a weird thing for me to say, right? Like it feels, I feel like this movie either needs to make, to make its point may need to just be grimier. And I also think like, because they choose to use so little of Colin Firth and because they didn't have the opportunity to, I just, I kind of need one of these like a feat general types to just kind to be more of a villain do you, know I, do you know what I mean like I need it to be just a little bit more villainy or something along those lines and it's just it's kind of hard to not have an antagonist and it's just structured in this way where it doesn't have that I'm just saying like it seems to me a lot of the times that in pursuit of shooting it and doing and having the style done the certain way, we sacrificed a lot to do that. And I think that to me, this is a movie more about saying we could do it than it's actually about being good enough of itself. That said, again, 10 out of 10 technical mastery. No one but Deakins could pull something like this off. It's fucking insane. And it's the best version of this thing. Uh, I agree with Ben. Eight. Peter, hmm. you're up. Sorry, <laughs> oh,
1: no, 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 no. I'm slightly scared about my score. Um, no, no, no. What is it? You was, can go. Gonna go, baby. Like, oh, but, 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 but. but, 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 excited, but granted, this that 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 is not to say that I think this is a bad movie. I think this is an awesome movie. I think it's just that for me, I also realize that for me personally, me personally. I don't often see dramas. Much less do I see much. Much less do I see war 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 dramas. So it's just generally outside of uh, what I will normally go to the movie theater to see. So it's kind of like so for so for me watching this film in theaters literally earlier today, mind you, it was just like it was like uh, not not it was not just being blown 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 away by the once again 10 out of 10 technical mastery of the film because I because i went into it not knowing that knowing that one of the big things for 1917 was what was the was the was the appearance of like one continuous shot one one continual shot i i i thought it, it wasn't until we were like it, it literally took me like 10, 10 minutes into the film where i was like oh no they're really doing this shit like i thought it was just gonna be like one long continuous shot for the opening and then i was like okay now we're gonna cut some places um but 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 then, but then also getting my getting my getting getting a mindset into it's like this is a war film this is not and not, and not only that but it's world war one which you don't which like y'all said we don't often get movies about um so, but, uh, but, I, but, I, but, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know why I'm necessarily giving it a six. I think, I think it's just because of, does my how, 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 how I, how I kind of processed the mo- the the, the, mom- the moments of the moments where it's like there's sound, where it's like there's a lot going on, the moments where the moments where it's quieter, the mom- the moments where there's movement, where where, where it's like we're. Where it's like fast movement, where, where it's where where he's running, or, or where they're like creeping creeping ac- across no man's land. Just 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 how just how I interpreted it was like okay, this is great, but it's not totally my cup of tea. Even though I am definitely enjoying it, even and even though I would most certainly recommend this film, I have nothing against it. It's just that I know that my level of enjoyment isn't as high because. War films aren't necessarily my thing. That's really just the basis of me go, of me going me scoring it below the two of you. It has nothing to do with me thinking it's a shit film. It's a great film. I just don't normally go see war films, and that's really it. That's it. But I would, but I would, but I would, I would definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. say go see this movie because, be- because I, because like you said, ten out of ten technical mastery. It it is it is it it was it was yeah. while watching the movie and, and processing the story it, it it was still cool to kind of to kind of like once once i realized oh continual shot this is the movie granted i have not seen birdman and i have not seen the revenant i have seen children of men so i so so i, so I guess so i guess children of men and then hardcore henry are like are like the two films that stick out of my mind as far apart from this one obviously where it's like where it's was like what's the last continual shot movie that i've seen um so so it so it was it was kind of fun for me to kind of to kind of to try try in place. Okay, like where 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 is a cut happening besides the obvious one when 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 Schofield, when Schofield gets knocked out by by a ricocheting bullet after, after after he kills a sniper. But yeah, six out of ten.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we give uh, we give nineteen seventeen. Uh, holy crap. All right. We gave it a 7.5 out of 10. So, yeah, I definitely I, I think it, this movie is yeah. worth your time. It's it's very interesting. Uh, that said, I also enjoyed Underwater, ironically. I want
1: <laughs> to. It under-
2: <laughs> yeah, I will say we should tell. I've heard that. Underwater? Where? Sure attracted to Kristen Stewart or not. But I hear that Kristen Stewart is very naked in a lot of the end of that movie. So, if oh, yeah.
0: Stewart, it, it's definitely. The whole thing is like. It's definitely like a Lovecraftian homage to Alien a little bit too. Oh. And Kristen Stewart is definitely just doing Ridley all over the place through oh, that, movie. that movie. So it's okay. it's I, I it's it's inter- it's interesting. It's too. And it's and it's also I'm a sucker. You can call a monster Cthulhu and probably get me involved. <laughs> I'm such a little bitch when mm. it comes to like Lovecraftian mythos. I don't know why. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's just the way I am anyways uh yeah so uh, we gave it a 7.5 go check it out uh for I'm gonna wrap it up sorry guys for the movie game podcast this has been Peter God. Dancy I'm so sad to go Did, could you tell I was like really sad to like end yeah it? you're I really, like I, don't I wanna want to keep want talking guys please please <laughs> no yeah I want to talk I want to talk about more about The Witcher we need to talk about The Witcher <laughs> now that do I know that people have watched podcast. it, do it. Uh,
1: I'll do it alright <laughs> Peter, please. No, <laughs> Bye, guys. Much love to you. <laughs> ben
0: Haworth.
2: See y'all later.
0: And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Please head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's TuscanShed.com. Go check out all other podcasts there, including Animania and everything else that we have on offer there. Check out all those options and then uh, head on over to iTunes. Give us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Also head on over to Facebook and Twitter and uh, like and subscribe and do all the other things there. I don't know why you subscribe. You can go and subscribe to our YouTube page. There is content that goes up there every once in a while. I need to do better about getting these live streamed. But anyways, from everyone here, one last time. Thank